Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of A Quick Word. This is a special episode. Likely you've already read in the email um, that contained the link to this episode that Angela Mooney uh, has officially uh, stepped down uh, from her, her role as leading women's ministry, um, which she has done for many years uh, for us here at Redeemer Baptist Church. Um, this has been in the works for a long time. Uh, we're really excited and happy for her um, as she's able to transition now uh, to to other parts of her life, things you're going to hear uh, in this interview. Um, but she has done this for so long and so faithfully uh, that we wanted to talk to her about that and hear about the story of women's ministry at our church and also how um, it shaped and, and changed her. And so to do that interview, um, we actually asked Andrea Burns to, uh, to, to call and to talk with Angela. Uh, and so she did that for us as well. And so this is um, Andrea Burns and Angela Mooney uh, talking. Um, we're so thankful for the both of them for doing this and hope that you are blessed by their conversation. Well, hi, Angela. <laughs> um, thank you for joining me um, for this interview today. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to talk to you about your experience with women's ministry. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for inviting me, and thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about history and talk about... Uh, yeah. Well, um, to get started, I'm sure that people have read the the transition, the, the decision you have made to step down from leading women's ministry. So can we start by um, you just sharing with us uh, why you made that decision? Yes, yes. Um, I would like to explain how I came to the decision and even the timing of it. But before I do, I would like to begin by saying mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you to the members of Redeemer Baptist Church for entrusting this job to me for so many years. Thank you to many women in this church that have encouraged me and prayed for me and checked in on me and stayed with me when a season of A&E was struggling, mm -hmm. <laughs> have learned from me and have learned with me. And just so many of you just showed up and just kept showing mm -hmm. up. Um, There's truly too many of you for me to even begin to name. Mm -hmm. And I know for certain I would not have been able to continue all these years without mm -hmm. you. I needed mm -hmm. you. And God added for me in giving me as sisters and co-laborers, all of you. And I want you to know I love you mm -hmm. all. And I would also like to point out that though I'm stepping down as the leader, I'm not stepping down as a participant. Woo, good to know. I need, <laughs> <laughs> I need mm -hmm. community. Um, maybe all of us are more keenly aware than normal mm -hmm. right now, the local pandemic. Um, I'm not leaving the church. Obviously, my husband is one of the pastors, so I'll still be attending <laughs> Redeemer. I'm simply stepping mm -hmm. aside to allow the opportunity for others to lead. Mm -hmm. And I actually made this decision, uh, or the beginnings of this decision were made um, about oh, over a year ago, about a year and a half mm -hmm. ago, really. Uh, the, event, the events in our lives that led up, uh, my family's life, that led up to uh, this decision are a little lengthy to explain. Um, but those events did 
Lee, Jeff and I to begin to pray about me returning to the field of mm -hmm. education. At the time, I was working part-time for an accountant, but it was becoming clear that I was going to need to get more education in order to advance in that career. And I did, really just didn't want to take the time to do that when I already have training in something that I love to do, and that's teach. So therefore, I began looking into what it would take to get a California teaching credential. And remarkably, applied and was uh, awarded one last June with only two stipulations to clear it. Mm -hmm. During the past year, I worked on one of those and just recently finished that. Um, and now I need to work full time in order to satisfy that second stipulation. Jeff and I both felt like that I could not join the workforce full time again and continue to both lead women's ministry effectively and care for our mm -hmm. household. I tried once before <laughs> in 2012, 2015. <laughs> it was a difficult season for us. And now the churches and the women's ministry is even larger than it was in that mm -hmm. time frame. We began, um, but, but also as I began to think about stepping down, it occurred to me that regardless of what, you know, was going on with our family's business and decision-making process, it was time to step down because there were women around me that could step up and lead and, um, Mm -hmm. It was time. It was time for fresh leadership and opportunities for other people. So to sum all that up, I would just say this decision has been slow in the making. It has nothing to do with recent events. I'm not a disgruntled <laughs> employee. I'm not uh, <laughs> leaving, simply stepping mm -hmm. aside. I only planned, as far as the timing, to uh, finish in May. Uh, that was before I were, knew the word mm -hmm. coronavirus. <laughs> My thought was I would finish this semester at A&E, spend the month of May planning and, and meeting with women to uh, get a summer events uh, schedule planned out and um, give some heads up to a few people. And then I would take June to be grandma and July to be <laughs> mother of the bride and hopefully be employed in <laughs> August. Um, well, that timeline's been morphed a bit, mm -hmm. um, at least, but it but I have remained that I have officially stepped down as of May 31st. Mm -hmm. Normally, you would already know that because we would have had a business meeting, but that didn't work out to have a business meeting. So this is a, a non-conventional way of letting the church mm -hmm. know. <laughs> so that's how I uh, came to the decision and where, how I got to this point a year and a half. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. and. And we know that you and, and Jeff both don't make these decisions lightly and that knowing that it's been on your heart for so long. Um, so, yeah, exciting also to think about what your future holds um, with starting a new job in education. That'll be exciting to see. Yeah. I don't yet. Well, thank you. And I just want to take a minute to thank you for all your years of service and, um, and all that you have shared with us and, and led, led us to, and I'm excited to talk to you more about that. Um, so, um, next I would love for you to start by just sharing the journey of women's ministry and how it started and, and how you started with it and, and how it got to where it is today. 
Um, yes, yes, I would um, happy to share that. It has been a journey, um, to, to mm -hmm. say the least. Uh, thing I did in women's ministry was super simple, and it was just to teach a Wednesday night class of overviews of the Bible, overview, overview of the Old Testament, and then overview of the New Testament. And I did that in 2005, 2006. And then they decided to start home groups, which did away with Wednesday nights. So that ended mm. that, which home groups are awesome. And I was happy to, to um, participate in that. Well, one day at my home, I was having a discussion with a young woman who was staying with us at the time. And I was telling and sharing her, with her about discipleship groups that I had been in when I was in college. We called them accountability groups. And basically, we did spiritual disciplines in those groups, but we did it with a curriculum. Well, she thought that was awesome. And she got super mm -hmm. excited. And she said, you are here. <laughs> well, I promptly. <laughs> Sarah was a baby. And my older three were being homeschooled by me. Plus, I was homeschooling two other kids. <laughs> so she went to Jeff with the Smarty. Smarty. <laughs> <laughs> He loved her enthusiasm, and so came to me, and um, I said no again, but Jeff was more insistent and also encouraging. He said that he thought that this would be encouraging to me as well. I was very hesitant, but uh, Jeff, with promises from Jeff to make dinner on those nights, I decided, okay, we'll go for it for a while. We started meeting in our living room, and we just simply called mm -hmm. it accountability. A couple of years, one of the ladies said it sounded too ominous for new people, so we added an <laughs> encouragement to the <laughs> so much better. <laughs> so, from the get go, I wanted these groups to be about uh, personal spiritual disciplines because I believed then and now that God speaks to his people in specific ways. I think he speaks through his word and through the teaching of his word. So, we started those groups by reading spiritual disciplines by Don Whitney, mm -hmm. and we took turns at the meeting sharing how we thought we could implement this teaching. The meetings consisted of discussing a chapter and then share time about previous goals and new goals and prayer requests. Those meetings had no time limit and sometimes they lasted late mm -hmm. into the night. For the students, this is no problem. For me, mom of a baby and homeschooling five others, it was a bit of a challenge. <laughs> The spiritual benefit to me outweighed the physical struggle the next day, and it was only every other week. So it was a little bit more sleep deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> also, did not have a beginning and ending date. So we met for five years. I mean, sorry, eight years without a schedule <laughs> stop. All missed a few meetings through the years, and women came and went. But more came than went, and we grew like mm -hmm. crazy. And then it became catch women up mm -hmm. with what we were doing felt overwhelmed when they saw our goal sheets so we had to morph those multiple times we had to reteach and train women to share why we read study meditate memorize and the various ways we pray we finally dropped all together the other disciplines in don's book and just went with bible and prayer mm -hmm. i started more groups we divided into subgroups and then eventually women's ministry had to start having other activities like showers, baby <laughs> showers, guys that mm -hmm. um, not every woman could attend A and E, so we started having some quarterly mm -hmm. events, brunches, 
Later, we realized that some women wanted to join A&E, but not necessarily for life. <laughs> so we, <laughs> having an end and start date to the sessions, which was a great mm -hmm. help to all of us. Um, we ended up starting having a, a, someone came up with the idea of having an annual mm -hmm. retreat. And uh, so slowly the number of things that were going on ne necessitated committees and lots of point people. And in the midst of all that growth, I had a panic moment when two leaders came to tell me that they wanted to go to a, a someone else's Bible study because A&E didn't offer Bible study. <laughs> and what they said was true. We were suggesting how to study the Bible, but we were not studying together. So in a major overhaul of A&E, we shifted to studying the upcoming sermon mm -hmm. passage mm -hmm. together. And prepared to have ears to hear on Sunday mornings. Herein, we began to teach basic Bible study skills and model how to do them. And that's where we are today. That lands us to the present. Women's ministry, has, women's ministry currently has a, well, maybe not currently as in coronavirus <laughs> currently, <laughs> has a full schedule of events uh, designed to have women interacting in a variety of ways, building community, and a and is designed to encourage Bible reading, studying, meditating, memorizing, and prayer. And I'll explain a little bit more about um, that transition when I get to a, a okay. later question. <laughs> wow, that's amazing to hear how it started in your living room, which I remember I was in those first meetings to to where it is now. That's, that's amazing. So over this time, so what, it's been about 15 years? Yes. 15, 15 years. years. Okay. So over that time, what has helped to shape your vision for women's ministry? Yes, that, that is a great question. And I want to answer it in twofold um, because there's a, there's a vision based on my conviction about what we're doing, but then the vision is implemented in mm. you know in different ways and we've moved a thousand times mm -hmm. at least so just first say that the entire ministry or the core of the of the ministry i should say is shaped on my understanding of esca of um mm. ecclesiology <laughs> eschatology no we're not <laughs> eschatology oh um, no sorry, ecclesiology this which can church. you just can you define that Yes, ecclesiology just mm -hmm. means the church, the study mm -hmm. of the church. What mm -hmm. is the church? And so my understanding of the role of the elder shaped and still shapes the structure of A&E. I believe that what happens on Sunday morning when the church meets is the most important aspect of church life in general, but not what happens in women's mm -hmm. ministry. So I see women's ministry as an asset and an encourager to the church at large, which is gathered on mm -hmm. Sunday morning. In those early days of A&E, we didn't do Bible studies because I wanted women to see Sunday morning as their primary source of Bible study. I wanted them to see the elders as the protectors of the church and mm -hmm. doctrine. And I wanted them to lean into learning from them and with them. So we taught methods, but I didn't want to teach in a different area of the Bible than what the pulpit mm -hmm. was doing. So those two leaders that I referenced in the history a second ago when they came to me, I had to go back to the drawing board and rethink what I was doing. And I certainly didn't want to drive women to go elsewhere to study the Bible by not offering that component in some way. So I came up with the idea of studying with the pulpit. I took the idea to Jeff 
and he loved it. Mm. So our very study was the book of Mark. We had such good feedback for mm. that. And I'm grateful because we were in for rough water for the <laughs> next one because the next one was the book of Revelation. <laughs> Thankfully, we didn't, can you imagine if we started with Revelation? <laughs> I think it would have not no. continued. <laughs> if everyone loved yeah. Mark so much, then we did Revelation. And we learned a lot. I say tolerated, and I say that laughingly because many of my leaders, I remember Morgan laughing so much about, what are we even doing? We're just reading so much. <laughs> right. And um, and so anyway, it, we were we were poised for Revelation after having such a good experience yeah. with Mark. and. Well, in more recent days, we tried to do the book of Isaiah in eight weeks, 66 chapters. And again, looking at those big chunks of ideas from Isaiah uh, was was it, mm-hmm. was enriching. So anyway, to, to sum all that up, I would say my conviction concerning what happens on Sunday mm-hmm. morning, the church, when the church meets, and the need to be an asset to that has profoundly shaped my vision for what was happening mm-hmm. at A&E. But secondly, the, the other aspect of that is implementation. Mm-hmm. So the implementation of, of uh, getting women involved in spiritual disciplines in a community way um, came from a variety of sources. For one, asking for feedback mm-hmm. from other women, just asking questions, good sound questions to other women, listening to them process what their time in A&E, a semester of A&E looked like. Did they feel like they were learning from God's word and God was speaking to them through their word, through his word, did they feel like that other women were getting to know them so that they could process life in a godly way with, uh, with other godly women. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that, that wasn't happening. And uh, sometimes I had to try to go back and figure out how to do that better. So that implementation, the vision for how to implement this was continually mm-hmm. morphing. I, uh, I had to read. I read with other leaders from time to time. I've read some things on my own. I've had leaders bring something to me and tell me to read it. Um, there, there's always ways mm-hmm. to adjust. There's a ways to wanting to serve and encourage as many as possible, at least those that are available to you. It's challenging and it's stretching, but I believe it's necessary. If, um, if the vision for women's ministry had just remained just mine in my head, and never morphed and, and never been shaped by those around me that I think it might have become mm. stagnant and I might have lost along the mm. way. So so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for voices mm. around me, well-written books, and um, and also the elders that mm-hmm. from time to time would speak in mm. what was going on. Shaping mm. Well, that's something I've learned so much from you. Um being alongside you in women's ministry for so many years is watching the way that you um, are willing to hear from those around you and reflect and assess and then actually make changes based on what you're hearing. And I think uh, that's just something I have um, thought so highly of you about as a leader and something I've learned a lot about is to, you always really value what you hear um, around you. And I think that also makes those around you feel loved and cared for the way that you hear from them and are willing to try. And sometimes it's worked well and sometimes it hasn't, but it's like, well, we tried and then we move along and trying to meet the needs of the women. And that's just really a strength of your leadership. I've watched over these years and something um, I've learned a lot about. So I I thank you for being willing to do that um, 
to do that for us. Yeah, it's 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 been helpful. I'm grateful for women that would be honest mm. with me and would and give me good feedback, even when it was time to hear mm. something hard. You know, and that, yeah, a few times, but it's always mm. been really good and and uh, never made me feel like. Um, I, and, and in fact, I even say that now. I've never been made feel by made to feel by other people that it was time for mm. me to step down. Or, or that I wasn't leading um, in such a way that people didn't want to follow mm-hmm. at all. You know, I'm grateful for those voices. That's good. Well, um, we know that leadership can um, sometimes be hard. So what were some unexpected challenges you came across in leading women's ministry? Well, I think in women's ministry in the church at large, as I, you know, I'm married to the the pastor that's been here the longest, um, I think unexpected and unplanned for challenge was the, the um, rate at which the ministry yeah. grew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to grow so rapidly. We have, because we're basically a small church model. We're not a right. large church mm-hmm. model. So I'm really still trying to connect with a mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, because I want, I didn't want to be in a loose leader. I want to be an approachable mm-hmm. leader. So as we began to have, you know, women in different stages, women that were asking questions about dating, women that were wanting to talk about being a young bride, women that had concerns about being a young parent. And the list just goes on and on. Cultural issues, other other things, uh, Bible knowledge issues, theology, growing in doctrine. There was, it became necessary as more and more women, um, were around us to have more women that were ready to lead. And so we divide, divided into those subgroups. I mentioned that earlier. And, and I think uh, the need to raise up leaders was a challenge for me. I, um, I, I am not a minister. Uh, I, I don't have an MDiv. I'm not a ministry trained leader in the sense that I've gone to school to, to think about and look at how to do this. So God really mm-hmm. just did this. To yeah, back to him. <laughs> I um, I would say that my way of training is to model and talk and encourage and um, and ask women to um, to start discipling, to start investing, to be um, alongside of me. And many many women accepted that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I am simply just a follower of Jesus. I'm just a disciple wanting and believing that other, that helping others follow Jesus is mm-hmm. crucial. That's, I think that's what one half of the great commission is evangelism, one half discipling the other half. And um, so I, in my, my own struggling obedience to do this, God brought along other women who felt mm-hmm. the same way. They just want to be available to help people to help other women walk with Jesus, walk toward Jesus. And so um Though I felt challenged multiple times, again, by the number of women and the number and differing seasons that were beginning to develop, um, God didn't never felt that mm. way, I'm pretty sure. He always had mm. that, <laughs> uh, and mm. he provided. He provided, and there were multiple women over time, in and out, some in for the long haul, some in for mm-hmm. a season, and then back, circle back around in another season, and... Um, 
and he had he provided and met that challenge over and mm -hmm. over again. And again, I can only just give complete honor and credit and glory mm -hmm. to him for that. I'm grateful because I did not foresee mm -hmm. that and would not have known that a church of 30 or 40 would end up being a church that 500 attend on, a, on most weekends. Mm -hmm. So not that we had 500 women, we did not, but um, I don't even know how many women we had. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was our biggest challenge. Just yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So um, the other side to that, what were some unexpected joys in leading women's ministry? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of them, but I think probably um, the greatest is a need that mm. led to joy. I, I think I would say I needed accountability. And I think that's why in those early days when Jeff approached me, he said, I think this will be encouraging to you because he had seen me in college and knew that I responded mm. to that. To this day, I'm outgrown. I still need accountability. I do best when I do with mm -hmm. others. I enjoy other women. I need other women to walk with me in following Jesus. Uh, I teach women to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. and I needed to be. I needed to let women see and hear my struggles. I needed for them to pray with me, and I needed sometimes for them to ask me about mm -hmm. my life. Uh, it was many times that unburdening. It, it felt like an unburdening to be able to share. Of course, there's challenge mm -hmm. in that as well. Not everyone to hear the pastor's wife's struggles. However, A&E provided a place that I could develop some in-depth relationships that could hold the weight of knowing some of the harder parts mm -hmm. of my journey. And I that a few years ago, a woman in the church, she's no longer with us, um, took me to lunch. And she said to me, you are the most joyful pastor's wife oh. I've ever met. Why do you <laughs> Why do you think that is? I Well, I was quite unprepared for mm -hmm. that question that day. Um, and But I thought about it for a long time. It stuck with me because because that's an odd thing to say, yeah. first of all. And second of all, like what, the second part of the question is why do you think that is? And I think if she were to ask me that today, I would say because I'm not mm -hmm. alone in church, like many pastors' wives mm -hmm. feel that they are. I'm embedded mm -hmm. into the women here. Uh, it's been messy mm -hmm. sometimes. I've hurt, uh, had my feelings hurt. I have felt awkward at times. I've wondered when I've walked into a room it, who I should talk to. I've even felt out of place at times. All the negative emotions that come with group, you know, with being in a group, I've experienced all those. But the truth is, I know mm -hmm. I'm loved and loved mm -hmm. deeply. Provided a great that, that women's ministry has provided that mm. joy to me. Keep going when it has been hard, but there's a joy there in in belonging mm. and knowing that I'm mm. loved. The truth mm. that I'm loved and that um, the women around me. So yeah, it's it's led to a sustained mm. joy, not just a joy. Wow! Praise God for that. That's so encouraging, and I. And a lot of that has come from your convictions of even what min women's ministry should look like, where it's not just someone on stage teaching, but the way that you led by being a part of the groups and by doing, like, you've always made it very clear, like, I'm going to do everything I'm encouraging you to do. 
<laughs> you know, and I, and I'm not going to do yeah. it perfectly, but I, you're going to see me struggle through right. that. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I would imagine that's been a part of you feeling loved and people trusting you then to be vulnerable as you have showed that showed us how to do that as well. And yeah, so not just leading from afar, but leading very close and very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that has, has given me a great deal of freedom mm. and, uh, and back to vulnerability again with wisdom, right. but, um, but being unafraid to not be perfect mm. and to own up perfect. I'm a work in mm -hmm. process. I'm a disciple through the process of sanctification too. And there's still some rough edges mm -hmm. and that's why I am in accountability mm -hmm. too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Well, as, as you've mentioned, um, you've been a, a busy lady <laughs> throughout the last 15 years and being, yeah, pastor's wife, mom to four and homeschooling and even balancing full-time work and teaching life at times. So how did you do it all? How did you find that balance? How did you make those priorities? Yeah. How did you, how did you do that? Uh, it looks different. In different mm -hmm. seasons, and those seasons, I didn't do it well all the time. In fact, uh, it can be really stretching. It can be stretching in good ways and in in ways that uh, are not good, you know. Um, but getting out of balance doesn't mean that you have to stay there. And I think that's probably mm -hmm. been key and through the seasons is I've been approached by my family on more than one time, and where I've had to listen for them to tell me I'm mm -hmm. too busy. Is about Busy to have a lengthy conversation with someone I live with, and I'm definitely mm. too busy. So it's hard at times. It requires humility and rethinking, and sometimes, um, you know, revamping the schedule. Mm. However, the main way I've tried to stay balanced is to always remember that um, I'm not the only one that can do some of the things that come across um, mm. my radar mm -hmm. as needs the only one that can mentor, can disciple, can pray with, can have a chat with. I've tried to point to other women, to ask other women to invest and to give other women responsibility yeah. around. Like, uh, you know, I am not a full-time staff person. I am an overseer of the events and the, and the um, curriculum. So as an overseer of it, a director I, is, I think, my official or coordinator, I think mm -hmm. is my official title. I don't have to run every single detail and micromanage. So that has been the way mm -hmm. I've tried to stay in balance with, with it all and remember that there are women around me and, and lean into them and, um, and to see them as just as capable of many of the things that I do at the church as I am. And some of them more capable <laughs> than I am at particular things. <laughs> um, I'm not really good at, um, <laughs> you know, I don't have to set up every event and, you know, and sometimes, you know, computer skills and things like that. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of the skills of the ministry that women have stepped up and been so willing to help and, so I think that's been the key to trying to stay balanced and trying to stay focused on what's most important, my own spiritual life, my family, and then the, whatever else may be in there with the ministry, the job, jobs I've had mm -hmm. and things like that. So. Mm -hmm. That's great. 
Um, so how has your involvement with women's ministry shaped you personally as a follower of Jesus Christ? Uh, lots of specific mm-hmm. ways over the years, but let me speak broadly. Um, but it has helped me develop and forced me, if you will, to, um, which was good forcing to develop friendships within the church with other mm-hmm. followers. So when I needed someone to cry with or pray with or confess with, then mm-hmm. I had her, I had women around me. Uh, it was not easy in the earlier days um, because I was older than many of the women, not all. There were a few older than me, but many of them. And I felt a little uneasy to talk about what my needs were. But over time, God uh, relaxed me, encouraged me via his word, and then provided sisters. And I now have sisters really literally all over the yeah. world. <laughs> Pray for me. Amazing. <laughs> And also, I mean, women's ministry, uh, and, and specifically A&E, held me accountable. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to make a good, healthy habit, yeah. but it is not to break a good, mm-hmm. healthy habit. So, and I still need to be reminded and encouraged to stay the course. And as the King James Version says in uh, Ephesians 5, 16, to redeem mm-hmm. the time, in other words, good use of my time and being in community with through uh, women's ministry at the church has helped me to make the best use of my time. So um, I'm grateful for that. It's definitely shaped me and how I've spent my, my Mm. days in 15 years. Yeah, that's great. Well, do you have any encouragement you'd like to share for the future of women's ministry at Redeemer? Um, yeah, I would like to start that with a encouragement from mm-hmm. Scripture, uh, from Hebrews, which we're studying Hebrews right now, but this is a little bit further into the book than we're at. But um, in Hebrews 12, too, it says, Look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter mm-hmm. of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the Mm -hmm. throne of God. And I would just encourage future leaders, which I know who many of them will be, um, most Mm -hmm. likely, as they continue on, to remember that um, the work really Mm -hmm. is the Lord's. That as long as we keep um, Jesus as the the center, as he is the perfecter of the faith, not our not our ability to plan the right amount of time to do something on the right curriculum or whatever. Um, women's ministry is not really about making women feel a particular way. We want them to feel loved, mm-hmm. of course, and accepted. There are moments when they're not going to feel that because that's normal. Um, we want uh, women's ministry uh, and, and we want ministries, women's ministry to be a place where they can draw mm-hmm. near to Jesus and they can learn that when they feel like that Jesus isn't here, he's not present, they feel alone. We want women's ministry to be a place that points to where he can mm-hmm. be found. He says he'll be those who seek him. You know, as leaders, we're going to disappoint people sometimes. I'm sure that I have disappointed people, uh, failed mm-hmm. at times. I mean, the events that didn't go uh, exactly like we wanted them to have had moments that have been mm-hmm. difficult. But when we need to point women to Jesus, we have to trust that he will mm-hmm. do this work and that he will give them joy. He will be their God and Savior. 
I would just continue to encourage other women. And, and secondly, I would just say to future leaders, keep learning by asking good mm-hmm. questions, taking feedback when it's necessary. I mean, hopefully that's not, you know, every day, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> reading, continue listening to other leaders around the country and, and continue listening to our elders, mm-hmm. of course. Lastly, I would say on the hard days, resist uh, to not lean in. Mm-hmm. Lean in. It's thing to want to pull back and when especially it hurts, your feelings are hurt. But I found that at those times I've developed mm-hmm. the most. I pray even with tears mm-hmm. and learn to rest him and learn to be patient with the fruit bearing part of ministry. Fruit doesn't grow mm-hmm. overnight. And so when you just got to go through some thorny days in order for fruit to bloom mm-hmm. later. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, fresh leadership uh, in women's ministry. And um, I mean, fresh as in that I'm not at the helm. I think it's going to be people that have already been doing a lot of mm-hmm. so, <laughs> for the elders to unveil what it's going to look like. But um, I hope for, for those who step up that my continued presence here will be seen only as mm-hmm. encouraging. I'm here to, mm-hmm. I'm here with you and, and to pray with you and to pray for you and to walk with you as you walk toward Jesus mm-hmm. as well. And I'm looking forward to those days with anticipation. And I would just also like to say uh, and ask for your continued prayers for my future. I do not have a job for this fall as of yet. I have interviewed a couple mm-hmm. of times. Um, I'm hoping to work for a charter school in the homeschool division. I've been a lot of years with homeschool. And so I would like to do that through the public arena now. And um, also, I would just like to thank you, church at large, uh, for your continued prayers for all of the, our pastor's mm-hmm. families as we continue to seek to love our great God and, and to love each other and to reach out mm-hmm. to the lost. I, uh, we need you, we love you, and we're so grateful to serve alongside of you. Mm-hmm. Wow, Angela, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your experience and the good and hard times. And just is not going to be an adequate thank you from everyone. But um, I know we just can't thank you enough for everything you've put into women's ministry and the sacrifices that went into, um, yeah, sustaining that role for so long and, um, and putting so much time into it. Um, my life has been dramatically changed by it. And I know that, that many women's lives have been through God using you, um, and your gifts and, um, yeah, in, in the church. So, Thank you so much. Thank you for all you've done for us. And thank you for taking this time to reflect on your time leading women's ministry. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you for those kind words. That's super encouraging you, you in particular, and and, um, several others like you have been such a blessing. The people that just came up beside me and started doing Mm -hmm. with, doing with and doing ministry with me. And it's, certainly been sustaining. I, I wouldn't have been in the role for 15 years if other women like you um, had mm-hmm. not stepped up and to help and wanted to be a part and wanted to learn and wanted to invest in the women mm-hmm. of the church here. There's several. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't start 
because I know I would leave someone out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm so grateful through the years that I've been in so many rich relationships. Not, I don't know everyone equally mm-hmm. well, but I know mm-hmm. a lot of um, and gotten gotten to see it up close and personal at times in different A&E groups their love for Jesus and their love for others and their desire to share the gospel and, and invest in other mm-hmm. people. And that has been yeah. a blessing in many ways. Yeah. It's been, it's been a good uh, season. Mm-hmm. And as changes, I anticipate that I will continue to grow and flourish and, and, um, and enjoy a front row seat to watch other leaders now um, step up and and organize and um, plan for our sessions and our events, and I look forward to seeing that too. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting, exciting times ahead. Well, yeah. thank you, Angela. Thank you so much.